Welcome to episode 292 of Grid Talk. Today we're here to review the 2023 Spanish Grand Prix. My name is Ruby Price and joining me we have Grid Talk co-host Dwayne Medford. Hello. Grip Strip Podcast's Philip Matthew. Hello. And Warren Shaw from Paddock Pals. Hello. Uh, before we get into the episode, we must thank our sponsor for this episode, Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get all the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports for this year's NBA basketball playoffs. Bet Online is your sports intel headquarters for this season, as we have you covered for all your inside sports wagering needs from basketball, MLB, NHL hockey golf to UFC and boxing. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your home. Get in the action today, so head to the website or use your mobile device to join and be sure to use our promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. But first, if you enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you could take five to leave us a five-star rating on Spotify or a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're one of the 72% of people who aren't yet subscribed to the channel, please consider helping us out with a like and a subscribe. Finishing the race then with 24 seconds to the next car, it was an emphatic win at the Circuit de Catalunya for Max Verstappen, who fought off Carlos Sainz at the start and never looked like losing control of the race just the track limits. Before we look at the drivers, though, I think we can all agree that changing the final sector back to the odd configuration was absolutely the right decision. It meant cars could follow at the end of the lap and produced a lot of overtakes going into turn one. But, Owain, let's take a look at the Williams. Logan Sargent and Alex Albon finishing a lap down in P20 and P16. A rather quiet race from the Williams drivers, wouldn't you say? Yeah, um, obviously, Sergeant started from the back, and the car is just uh, the car's just not good enough. It's not um, good enough for them to be able to fight for for any sort of position. So it's uh, you know they're just sort of swanning around the midfield. Obviously, Sergeant started kind of on the back foot with a relatively decent strategy um, off the bat. Uh, he started on medium, so that would have helped. Um, but you know, the, I mean, I'll put it this way: the uh, you know the the pace disparity is was was self evident when you have uh, Sergio Perez. Um, starting on the same strategy and and uh, starting on the same strategy from the same place and uh, and ending up in in fourth place and obviously uh, uh, Sergeant couldn't do anything near, near that. Um, you know, compared to that, obviously, um, I wanted a you know the best that he could to be honest with with sixteenth. I mean, they're pro- they're probably quite comfortably the slowest car on the grid. Um, it's it's a it's a little bit worse than uh, than we're used to seeing out of him, but uh, yeah, it was just a, it was a bit of a poor showing for Williams. Yeah, definitely. And Phil, the Alpha Tauris remain in P nine in the constructors, with De Vries coming home in P fourteen and Tenoda in P twelve after receiving a five second penalty for forcing Joe off the track at turn one. What did you make of the penalty, and how was the race for the Alpha Tauri team? Uh, the race for the Alpha Tori team was typical of the Alpha Tori team the last couple of years, which is nondescript, um, at least for Nick DeVries after a rough uh, Saturday where he really couldn't get grip in that third sector and keep his car straight. Uh, he was able to get through this race and uh, finish, albeit I think he probably wanted to finish ahead of Yuki, but even Yuki's best uh, tries to go and run off Joe and 
whatever else he was trying to do uh, didn't really mean anything in terms of overall overall pace and having the ability to contend for back end points. Um, it's kind of similar to what it has been all year for them, really. Uh, Yuki right on the end of the lead lap. Uh, Al, what do you call DeVries, a lap down. Just an unfortunate, uh, typical uh, result, seemingly, what it has been this year. And not a lot of light at the end of the tunnel for them, I would say. Uh, at least not for a few months. Yeah, Warren, before looking at Haas, I just want, no, not Haas, Alfa Romeo, um, I just want to um, say, like, there was a few um, people in our uh, podcast group chat, basically, that thought the penalty on Yuki was a bit harsh. Um, where did you feel it lied? Was it harsh? Was it appropriate? Um, and then we'll talk about Alphas afterwards. I I thought it was a bit harsh, because if you kind of look at the same they were side by side, basically going into the corner. There was there was really nothing there. I thought it was a bit harsh. It was just a racing. Someone was going to have to back out, and it was Joe that kind of he took the safety precaution and go out. But I thought it was a bit harsh. There it was it was some good racing going in there, and, and I thought it was quite unfortunate for Yuki that he got the uh, he that he got the penalty because I think he's had a pretty solid season, and I mean he's been fighting in that ninth, tenth, eleventh spot all year and I that's probably the best I could do but I thought it was quite harsh on the penalty there yeah like I'd say 50 50 on you know where it was but um certainly a bit of a question of consistency in terms of that penalty being applied and we'll yeah. talk about that later but um for the Alpha uh, Romeo team a race of contrast for their drivers Valtteri Bottas finishing a lowly P19, Guan Yu getting two points for a well-fought P9. Should Bottas have performed better, or did Joe outperform the car, do you think? Joe probably outperformed the car, but I think Bottas this season, we are, he is definitely underperforming. I'm not, the car is not great, but he hasn't had, I don't think a real race where like, wow, he really outperformed the car on this one. I mean, he's he's having to play the teammate game early on to slow him down behind it. Like that's something you would not expect for Botas. You'd, you'd expect that message for uh, Joe to hear rather than Botas. But Joe, I thought that he, he drove great today. He, he, he had a lot of on-track overtakes. It seemed like whenever they showed him, he was passing someone, he was in the action in the mix and it was a great race for him. But I think more, this is for me, I'm more puzzled about how Botas has struggled this season in the car. It seems I, I don't, Maybe this sounds, it just seems like he's out there just having a nice Sunday drive in F1, not saying that he doesn't want to perform better, but it almost seems like his will to, to win seems like it's waned a little bit at, at, um, in this car. It just seems like he's lost some of that competitive fire. I, I, that I'm just speculating. I don't know, but it just seems like he's just having a good time, enjoying being an F1 driver and where he finishes is where he finishes. Like, that's fine if you want to do that and that's what he wants to be. But I mean, he has to be disappointed in these results, I would think. Yeah, maybe he's become the new Kimi Raikkonen of that team, yeah. obviously known for just yeah. sort of showing up, enjoying himself, yeah. apparently, and then uh, clocking off and going home. Um, but I see what you mean about Valtteri Bottas almost disappearing in terms of this yeah. season. In the prelude to it, everyone was talking about him stepping up and being the team leader almost, but the driver that's bringing the points home in the Alpha Romeo team is Joe Guan Yu. Um, but, and, oh, oh, go on, Warren. 
I was just gonna say, and it's like not even a surprise that Botas is in 19, like finishing 19th. And if he gets knocked out in Q3, like obviously when he was at Mercedes, it'd be a surprise. But even last year, he would consistently get into Q2s, uh, maybe even get into Q3. Um, but now it's just, it's just, yeah, it's he's he's a loss. I don't need, yeah, but you said it's just confusing, definitely confusing. Owain, looking at Haas, P15 for Hulkenberg and P18 for Magnussen. Where could the Haas team have gone just to have a better race out there? Um, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> with with another driver, that's what they where they could have gone. Um, Hulkenberg, yeah, he did it. it clearly, the three stop wasn't the way. Um, I think that that was pretty fairly early, and I'm not sure if that's the pace of the car. I think we'll see maybe in later weeks whether. Um, whether that's just the pace of the car and, and the upgrades that other other teams have brought have just uh, have distanced them. But, um, you know, we're talking about a team that's uh, currently sitting at, um, what was it, seventh, I think seventh in the constructors. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're just, they, they were just so slow. I mean, Magnussen is not too bad. He's only lost a place um, compared to at the start. But Hulkenberg, you know, he started seventh. He started seventh. Um, and, you know, you've got to be doing better than 15th from a seventh place start. I mean, even with a bad strategy, there's he would have had a tyre advantage on numerous other cars in, that finished ahead of him. So it's just, you know, it became clear that that wasn't the way to do. Obviously, once you pulled the trigger on that, then you could just got to go try and go flat out. But the pace doesn't seem to be in the car. Um, and it was just, yeah, it's a, it's a really poor race for Haas. Um, obviously, you'd expect... Uh, particularly with the way Spain is, um, the, the cars to sort of end up uh, once we've gone through the race pace, to, uh, through, through the race, sorry, um, to, for the cars to sort of line up two by two. Um, but yeah, no, they just, the house absolutely haven't. They've just completely fallen back um, compared, to, compared to this relatively strong start to the season. So it's very disappointing. Yeah, certainly disappointing for the American outfit. Uh, Phil, the race was over for Lando Norris at turn one, even after breaking yeah. his front wing in a light coming together with the rear of Hamilton's car, Piastri only managing P13 from McLaren. Was this a missed opportunity or did they just have a bit of spark in qualifying? I think it was a missed opportunity, Ruby, because when you get third or fourth, whatever, with with Lando and you get both cars in Q3, they had decent pace. They could have stayed up there and gotten a double points finish. You look at the situation where they are um, behind the top four teams. They're battling with Alpine, and Alpine are starting to make make gains on a weekly basis. I mean, granted, more on the side of Esteban Ocon at the moment, but um, you know, today it was a little more balanced for their end. They should have been around where the Alpines were. Um, yes, Lando lost his race basically in three corners, um, but with the way that the strategies were going, maybe making a different adjustment to pit him in between in the middle of the race might have given him a little more of an opportunity. Piastri falling back, not really having much of a fight. It's unfortunate really uh, for them. Um, we'll see as these races are going on. It looks like these last couple of races – uh, they've had a little bit more pace. I also am personally, I think they should just keep the scheme that they've had the last two races because at least it's unique compared to most of the 
stuff we have in Formula One. Um, but um, they'll go back to the regular boring scheme uh, for Canada or whatever, and uh, they'll probably go back to being where they had been when they had that scheme too. Maybe they should uh, go silver if they're looking for the car performance from um, like the livery at least. Uh, Warren, um, double points finish for McLaren rivals then the Alpines. Uh, Ocon finishing P8 and Gasly defending against Leclerc to inherit P10 after the flag. Considering Sonoda's penalty um, uh, for his move on Joe, should Ocon's aggressive defending against Alonso have been brought into question? But also, how was the Alpine race today? I, I mean, I think you bring up a good question there. That was quite a dangerous move. Um, I thought defending him, you know, there's no love lost between Alonso and Ocon there. And that definitely showed with uh, with that late dive over there. It it, it wasn't even noted, right? That wasn't even uh, noted, I think. Um, I don't know. It was definitely a, a risky move. But I thought their race was... I thought it was a fine race. Like anytime you can get a double points finish, I think you're going to be happy. I will say though, I did see Otmar at the beginning of the week think that say that he was gonna. They thought they could like contend with Mercedes and Aston Martin this weekend. And when he said that, I would say this is a disappointment. Then when you're basically you're really off the pace of those two uh, teams, so still a, anytime you get points, like I said, good. But when you're touting yourself going into this track saying, hey, we're going to be able to potentially contend with Aston Martin and Mercedes, then I'd have to say that's a disappointment. But if he didn't say that, I'd say, hey, good week. But he said that, so it's going to be a disappointment. I mean, it has been a very consistent thing for Alpine and Renault to be doing of saying, yeah, we're up here with these (laughs) teams that are 10 miles down the road from us when really they are, you know, they are fighting you know, the Astons, but they're fighting the Astons when the Astons are damaged and being held together with tape. Yeah. And also like, okay, you you got a podium in Monaco. That's great, but no one passes there. So once you're in your spot, basically, and you get a strategy, right, you don't mess up a strategy. It's hard for you to lose that position. Uh, So it's, it's not like you can say, Hey, we got a podium here. Let's do it in Spain where the tracks are completely different. That that's just not a sensical thing to, to say or think that that's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Wayne, uh, a dismal day for Ferrari yet again, with signs dropping down three places to finish P5 and Leclerc not even managing to finish in the top 10. Granted, he started from the pit lane after Ferrari couldn't fix the issues from Saturday, but it would appear the upgrades do not appear to have worked. Yeah. Um, no, in fairness, to, I was going to say, in fairness to Alpine, actually, they are fighting with, uh, with the Ferrari in front of them. Um, the fact that that Ferrari is terrible... Uh, neither here nor there on that one. Um, yeah, science obviously just. I think I think the Ferrari obviously seems to be. I, I didn't see qualifying, so unfortunately I can't speak to the issues that Leclerc um, clearly had. Um, but uh, I just I, I can't believe. I, I kind of can't believe how how they can be so well, you know, relatively decent in qualifying, and uh, and science obviously just dropped away so um, so completely in the race. You know, he started second, and then you know they had to have. They're both Mercedes and a, and a pit lane, a pit lane starting Perez behind you. Um, says a lot. I mean, obviously, I know that Perez is in a, a very fast Red Bull, um, clearly, and uh, and the Mercedes seem to have a, a, have an amazing race car, uh, particularly with the upgrades. But um, yeah, I think it says a lot about Ferrari that you know that I think I've said it before, but they're, they're like the anti-Mercedes. They seem to have a fast car over one lap pace, um, and they're just so so poor. Um, 
in the race, you know, in the races. It reminds me of sort of 2013 Mercedes, where here and there they they might be able to. Well, actually, to be honest, they don't even seem to have the pace to be to, to be able to pick up a, um, you know, a win here or there. One uh, once, you know, if anything goes wrong for uh, for the Red Bull ahead, they just yeah can fell completely back through the pack, and obviously Leclerc made almost no headway. Um, couldn't even get into the point. So, as you say, so um, yeah, it's it's another dismal weekend, and uh, and there will be questions asked, I'm sure, at Ferrari as there are uh, sort of. It, it seems that the change um, from Bonotto to Lauren Mikey's is not is not working. Um, I, I I think it's 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 starting to get you know it's, we're we're long into a dry spell of Ferrari success here, and uh, and I just don't see them pulling out of this nosedive that they're in. Yes, and a lot of good points raised there, Owen. Like particularly, you know, Ferrari brought across, you know, well, Ferrari got rid of Bonotto, and they're arguably doing worse than they were doing with Bonotto when you look at how things have gone so far this season. Uh, Phil, on Saturday, Fernando Alonso, as I mentioned, was running around with duct tape on his car. Today, he was coming on the radio to tell Lance Stroll he wouldn't attack him. Uh, coming home in P6 and 7, was this the best Aston Martin could hope for when they simply just could not even switch on the soft tyres? I guess so. I mean, Fred, with his duct taped car, really was fighting. He was with a knife coming to a gunfight yesterday and qualifying one of the first times all year where he didn't seem to have that ultimate pace in Q3. So, I mean, he wanted to do well. It's his home Grand Prix. There are all the fans are losing their crap every time he does anything. They probably were celebrating too when he went through the sand trap uh, on his initial push lap. But um, either way, it was lost. I mean, for Aston, now that the reality of Mercedes exists, this is a big step this is a step backwards they're now looking like now they're a no man's land because they're gonna have to respond of course with canada coming up and the owner and the other driver being you know that's their home race and all but um i know alonzo probably felt a little aggrieved at monaco i think they might have lost this opportunity albeit a very very small one there this weekend they just weren't around um, they had Ferrari helping them with Leclerc stepping on himself. And then you had Red Bull with, with Perez stepping on himself as well. And they couldn't maximize it. They got beat out by McLaren in qualifying. Uh, ultimate pace-wise, they were at best, I mean, if we're going into it, they're at best they were the fourth car, you know. And um, they'd been the second car early in the year. Now they're starting to fall back. What will their upgrades be as they come along prior to the summer break? Will they be able to get back towards competing with Mercedes and with Ferrari? Or are they going to start coming back towards the McLarens and Alpines, which they have a big gap on? But what, are they going back to reality? Um, that's the real question for them. But yeah, sixth and seventh, I don't think that's what they were hoping for when they came into this weekend. But that's what they got. And uh We'll see what they bring to Canada. Yeah, and now being third place in the constructors as well. Um, yesterday, Tom did pose the question of whether Lance Stroll was going to cost Mercedes, not Mercedes, whether Lance Stroll was going to cost Aston Martin P2 to Mercedes. Um, I mean, he obviously brought it home ahead of his teammate today, but um, both teams, both cars did get passed by the Mercedes on track. 
several times. Um, but speaking of Mercedes, Warren, imagine if the Mercedes had started the season with side pods, P2 and P3 for, for them, who always looked pretty much on for a double podium. Hamilton's first podium since Sao Paulo last season. Um, how was their race and does the performance bode well for the rest of the season? I mean, I think it has to. I was going to say, why did they not bring the side pods to the race to the first race after last year? The whole not not no side part thing side pods didn't work like that has to be the most ego ego move that they did of keeping the same car from last year to this year and when they put the side pods on the car this week they're the second fastest car out there they still are to like 25 seconds they did lose by 25 seconds i'm not saying that i'm not trying to take anything away from them but they still are quite far off the pace of red bull at least with max but that is the best this is a best case scenario that that you could have gotten from mercedes today second and third because basically after turn one, Max, it's everybody fights for a second. So they got the best they could have done. They held up uh, Checo there. George held them off to secure the podium. When it kind of, you, you never know if it could have happened, but he held them off. Um, no, I think this is fantastic. And I mean, also, you got to say, George Russell had probably the funniest moment of the race when he's when he was claiming it was raining in uh, turn five and everybody kind of, got to the edge of their seat like oh this could get interesting and then a couple laps later says no that's just the sweat from my the sweat inside my helmet which is a very drunk george thing to say and it got a, everybody laughing but no i say all in all a good day i mean you could see all the smiles on their face afterwards and how happy they were so i mean i've this is also a perfect track too to see how you have it because they used to do testing everyone knows that you can see what's going on so i would say that they're only going to continue to get stronger and they still have a big gap to go to Red Bull. Yeah, they certainly do. Um, and as you say, this is the track to expose your car. Uh, Lewis Hamilton was saying in the post-race press interviews um, that if you generally, if you are fast in Spain, you're fast at most places as well. Obviously, Mercedes did have a pretty good race here last season, but they weren't generally fast in most places last season. Um, but when you also consider that Ferrari had a bit of an implosion this time last season, um, we've just removed them from the equation. Well, Ferrari have removed themselves from the equation this time around. Um, but Wayne, if Red Bull had a clone of Max Verstappen, you can guarantee they'd be finishing this season at one to every race since they have to settle for the only one Supermax. Uh, they settle for Sergio Perez instead, who could only bring up to P4. He underperformed in qualifying. Did he underperform in the race? Um, I'd say so. Um, I, I think the biggest thing is that, you know, he's, he's got a car that's won by, well, the, you know, his teammate in the same car has won by almost 25 seconds, um, to the point where, um, you know, where to the, to the point where Max could have like, you know, could have actually picked up a penalty and still won, um, by a similar margin to normal. Um, yeah, I think Sergio Perez is, uh, it, uh I I I think he he really should have been able to you know they they told him to look after his tires and and I think he really I, I don't know whether uh, George I haven't haven't looked at the the uh, lap times but I don't know whether George um, in the last few laps upped his pace a bit um, uh, with you know getting rid of the lifting case to protect the tires once it was uh, it was clear that obviously Perez was uh, sticking at five and a half seconds but he, he only managed to claw in. Um, you know, to, uh, about two seconds uh, on on George. Um, he really didn't didn't make much that much of an impact. Um, 
and it just you know in the car obviously he had an issue in qualifying like you say um but he, sh- he should have been up to to be able to get onto the podium like that car should be you know it should be reminiscent of the of the um you know 2004 ferrari or 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 the you know the all the all the all the mercedes from 2014 like it should it should be romping away with it you know, this should be getting one twos every race um it seems it's that quick and particularly with the you know with the uh with the drs advantage around here and as you you know with the the change to the um final sector meaning we're getting a lot more overtakes into turn one um you know he sh- i think he, sh- he probably could have done better and at least got third um you're getting onto the podium um you, you know, you had Corner claiming that you know Russell gained an advantage, uh, you know, sort of a lasting advantage. But um, I, I don't think there was that there was uh, there wasn't three and a half seconds worth of advantage there over the entire race. And if there was, Perez should have been able to do something about it in the car. Wait, was that in response to the the incident at Turn One? Yes, the original Turn One uh, where Russell went off. Uh, Christian Horner claimed that. Part of the reason that Perez wasn't uh, wasn't in front on a, and on the podium was because uh, was because Russell gained apparently three and a half seconds apart from <laughs> three and a half on seconds the long lap penalty. The, yeah, by going through, by going through that through through that bollard. So uh, I don't know what he's been watching. Ah oh, man, uh, Phil, sticking with Red Bull, um, Max Verstappen obviously coming home twenty four seconds ahead of. Um, Lewis Hamilton today in P1. Um, was there anything that would have stopped the Max Verstappen win today? A meteor hitting his car. Um, I don't know, a nuke. Um, maybe somebody deciding to sabotage his Honda engine, 800 pounds of ballast. I don't know. They, they, it would, it would, it would, it's gonna take, uh, an absolute miracle or yeah, Danny Rick. Yeah, that would do it. Um, he would have done what Sergio did today. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, it's, he's online or he's on, on pace to go and break that record that, um, both Schumacher and Hamilton had with the most race wins in one season, whether you put it as a metric of 16 races, whether you put it as a metric of 17 or 18 or 20 or however 8 trillion now as they have, um, he's on a different level and, uh, it's what we're at, where we're at, uh, for the people that were not happy when Lewis was dominating, but they're happy now. Okay. And for people that were happy when Vettel was dominating, but then like, it's what it is. It's what formula one has always been really, there's been very few years where there's been like parody. Usually there's that one guy and that one team. And with Sergio Perez's basically a confidence drop in last two weeks, uh, the driver's championship is already done. So it's more about Max going and just adding to his record book and seeing who he can pass in the in statistics that's really what this rest of the season is for them and for for how many points they can get in the constructor championship too uh, there really is nothing else for them there's no challenge they're not going to have a challenge until probably the end of the season from mercedes so it is what it is yeah absolutely and warren touching on something phil just said yesterday after qualifying helmet marco said that the um race for the championship between their two drivers was over if it had ever truly started um 
do you think that this is the case? And, you know, after today, you know, is anyone stopping Max Verstappen winning the championship at the end of the season? No, yeah, the, the championship's over. I never really bought the Perez was going to had the muscle for the fight. Um, this time, well, I was, was talking to you earlier that I was over at a friend's house to watch the race. And I brought up the question, like, how many races is like is max gonna win every race the rest of the season uh like minus having an engine issue like no one really looks to be able to beat him just on pace or like maybe there's a a, a wet weather race where they get a strategy wrong he's he's or he's caught out in a bad position but i mean he is the c- clear favorite in every race for the rest of the season and like i mean he i don't think it would be a shock if he won every single race going away and that like that i mean even for the most dominant seasons like this is still pretty pretty jarring i i i'd have to say like how good he is in that car and how good that car is like it is it's astounding he certainly is um but he didn't win uh the grid talk driver of the day um no the driver of the day for the spanish grand prix 2023 was lewis hamilton Owain, was Lewis Hamilton your driver of the day? Um, and if not, who was? Um, I haven't really thought about it, to be quite honest with you. Um, oh, um, I'm just trying to think. No, I think it's got to be George Russell, to be honest with you. Um, he, di- he did an amazing job off the start. Um, obviously, he didn't finish above uh, ahead of his teammate, but you know, he started in 12th, not not fourth um so i think he did you know he did a really good job off the start he did exactly what he needed to do um you know he didn't make the mistake that maybe some more uh, we saw in the f3 race some more inexperienced drivers make by uh not following the race director's instructions uh you know he went past the bollard um managed the race managed the time you know was it uh, it might be a criticism to call you know to see him playing strategist as well as he goes around but yeah i think it was a you know pretty much faultless race um, there's something to be said for the fact that Lewis Hamilton couldn't make it re- realistically any further ahead. Um, but I think, you know, I think George did a, did a great job. Yeah, I would certainly agree with that and certainly agree. Some fantastic moves into turn one, particularly some of how, with how late some of them were as well. Uh, Phil, was Hamilton your driver of the day? And if not, who was? Yeah, he was my driver of the day at, I think the way that the season has gone also for Mercedes, even um, last year, it was the other way around where George seemed to have the measure of Lewis basically the entire year. Um, This year, it's been the other way around. People were questioning, will Lewis come back and be motivated? Will Lewis, is Lewis still in into this? Um, I don't know why they didn't listen to their drivers, but, you know, I, oh, Warren brought up a great point. I mean, you all brought up a great point. If they had listened to their drivers, maybe we would actually be in a position where, no, they're not going to beat, you know, what's his face, but they're going to go and at least be a little bit more in contention. They wouldn't have given Aston Martin a head start this season. Um, he r- ran a, a strong race, uh, best of the rest, and his his energy and the way and the positive field they got going on there i mean he actually got a compliment out of nico rossberg i mean he was so busy going and 
blubbering all over himself trying to put over Lewis. It was almost like he couldn't believe it. And then he was also sitting there begging Toto for a job again or something. I mean, it was pretty sad, but um, yeah, he was driver of the day for me and I'm in going to one of his best racetracks in, in his uh, illustrious career. I think he'll bring that energy, continue that energy forward into Montreal and these next few races going forward. Yeah, I would certainly agree with that. And Warren, to cap it off, was Lewis Hamilton your driver of the day? And if not, who was? I I did vote for Lewis driver of the day, but I would like to make a, a change in that or co-drivers. I think uh, Guan Yu Zhou, I would like to put him as my co-driver or change it around because I he really, I thought he really did have a exceptional drive today considering um, him getting points and everything. So I'd, I'd like to give a switch because... I, Lewis was fine, but I, with that car being so good, that's the best he could have done. I thought Joe outperformed the uh, Alpha Romeo today. Yeah, certainly worth of note, uh, Guan Yu Zhou. Absolutely. I think if all the drivers mentioned today, certainly candidates. And I think they all definitely got a vote at least. Um, so, yeah, uh, that was our review of the Spanish Grand Prix. Um, now we'll give the panelists a chance to give a little bit of self-promotion. Owain, where can people find you if they want to hear anything more? Um, you'd have to look back through the back catalogue, let's be honest. <laughs> um, but you'll hear me uh, You'll hear me as, as we mentioned before, I'm a co-host of the Grid Talk podcast, so you'll hear me co-host uh, hosting on, uh, on future shows. Yeah, and Philip... Um, Grip Strip Podcast, where can people find that? Uh, basically, anywhere you hear podcasts, you can get the Grip Strip Podcast. You can find us at Grip Strip Pod on Twitter. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube at Grip Strip Podcast. Josh, who has been on the show, or my co-host Josh are fine. Uh, post that, handles the back end on the live when we're doing the show live as well. Uh, so, Basically, if it goes fast, we talk about it on the Grip Strip podcast. So if you want to listen to a more longer form show, one with a little less of a filter, um, you can go and, and listen to it during your week and while you're working and get a laugh or two and maybe get angry or have all the feelings in one one sitting. So that's one thing that's great about the Grip Strip podcast. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about this race. Uh, well, basically everything behind the guy that won um, in this race. And we'll talk about IndyCar and NASCAR, everything that's going on. Um, but of course, thanks as always, Ruby. Great job. Great to be on with you, Owain, and to meet you, Warren, for the first time. And uh, Aiden back there hiding um, in great job by you all. And um, glad to always be on the Grid Talk. And get your Grid Talk merch from Redbubble. It's 20% off this weekend. So that doesn't, we don't get that sale all the time. Get your merch. This is get one of these things. They're, they're pretty cool. Yeah, certainly self promo. Um, some grid talk merch. It's definitely, uh, it's worth it. Um, it is a good mug. Um, and I know I'm really selling it, but Warren, um, Paddock Pals, where can people listen to that and, uh, hear more from yourself? Yeah, you can, uh, listen to wherever you get your podcasts at. We're on Instagram, TikToks, trying, do some funny TikToks out there if you that that's more your thing, whatever. But my cousin and I, Rachel, do it. She's been on Grid Talk as well. We'll do kind of some like games or whatever during the week when there's not races. But we'll do recaps and previews. Try to make some jokes. Um, 
we uh, one of our segments during the races for our recaps is I forgot that you existed. So who's a driver that you probably didn't realize was racing that was? That's always a favorite of ours. So uh, that's always a fun one to do. So a lot of options this year. Let me tell you, a lot of options. Um, so that's always something to to uh, think about there. And so yeah, we'll uh, check us out Spotify, Apple, all that good stuff. I presume the Williams drivers routinely showing up on uh, that little feature. <laughs> yeah, they do. We also try and make sure we don't repeat the same driver all the time. So we try and do, we're trying to do a little bit, uh, a little bit more. Cause I mean, you could say, hate to say it for the American boy, you could say Logan Sargent every week and that just gets kind of boring. That kind of defeats the purpose. So we try and branch out a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but on that note, Grid Talk is available on YouTube where most episodes are recorded live. We also do a little bit of a post show to just talk about the things that we didn't get a chance to during the show and also respond to you guys in the comments. But also available on Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal and Pocket Casts. Just search Formula One Grid Talk for our huge back catalogue of shows with previews and reactions to qualifying and the race results. Please consider supporting the channel on Patreon so we can get mics, lights, and better recording equipment. Also, make sure you subscribe to the first know when each new weekly episode is released. We'll be back soon with plenty more F1 content. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening to the Grid Talk podcast presented by Bet Online. And goodbye. <laughs>